Hey, everybody. Welcome to the next episode of the TAC Security Podcast. Yes, we're back. We've been on hiatus a little bit, and we're talking here with uh, two of my favorite AAA ice buddies ever. we got Mr. Jesse. That's really kind. And <laughs> Shrilatha. So, we're going to talk... I just met you yesterday. Oh, well, yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, I'm quick to make friends. Okay. My parents always said I was a social butterfly. Um, okay, so, uh, Jesse, you pulled me aside here, and you said, Magnus, I really want to talk to your listeners. I want to talk to all the listeners out there about something called Easy Connect. Yes. This sounds like it's very easy, and it sounds like something that customers would want, but I don't know enough about it. Tell me a little bit about what this Easy Connect concept is. Sure. So, so first, let's talk about why Easy Connect. Uh, Administrators often want to implement some type of authentication on their network uh, or get visibility into the network, uh, but they're often hesitant to go with an 802.1x solution. Uh, 802.1x on the wired side can be uh, it can be challenging to implement. Right, devices, applications expect to have network access, especially yeah. a lot of legacy applications. They expect to have network access on the wired side. Uh, and when you're implementing 802.1x, you're taking away that access initially until you can authenticate and then can pr- and then provide access. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it can be very intimidating uh, to install 802.1x on the wired side. It's like jumping in with both feet. Absolutely. You got to go full full in. So Easy Connect is a way to provide uh, some form of authentication enforcement and visibility into the network uh, without it, uh, going with something as heavy-handed as 802.1x. Okay. Um, so, first, we'll talk about the Easy Connect architecture. Okay. Um, so, uh, eighty to ninety percent of you out there probably run Active Directory on uh, on in your enterprise. Mm. Um, so, you, you what we do is leverage existing Active Directory logins uh, to glean the IP address and username of the person logging into the network. Uh, we combine that with some type of radius authentication. So in this case, if we want to be really lightweight, uh, we'll do a MAB authentication. We merge those two sessions together, and then we provide access based on Active Directory group. Okay. So this sounds a lot like some of the more, what I call, passive authentication mechanisms that we've had out there where we watch Active Directory. I'm assuming this is like the WMI security event log, seeing log-on events. So if you've got any other type of uh, identity enforcement uh, in the network, w- something with the f- you know the firewall where mm-hmm. you have uh, CDA, CDA, and you're, and exactly, you're doing identity mapping. So we use the passive identity connector on Identity Services Engine. We renamed it uh, in 2.1. Uh, it's the same identity connector that provides identity for the firewall, yep. uh, for SourceFire. Um, it'll provide identity for OpenDNS uh, coming up here. So we use that that same connector to glean the security event logs from the domain controller uh, and then provide access transparent to the end user. Um, so that's what's great about right. about. And, uh, easy connect. So you're you're taking what is typically a pretty heavy-handed solution with dot one X. You're saying, all right, well, everyone's already doing Active Directory. Everyone's already doing authentication. Why are we not just leveraging the same existing data set? And that's that's a brilliant idea. I mean, that sounds like it definitely simplifies a deployment. Are there any kind of key first steps in this kind of environment or so, this kind of deployment? Yeah. So we talked about why easy connect and what's easy about easy connect right you're taking that you're you're taking that burden off of your off of your help desk uh, but there's there are some challenges to easy connect as well 
Uh, first so of all, Easy Connect is not easy? Yeah, so do I need to talk to marketing we, we, about we this? We could go off on a little sidebar here <laughs> and say that why do we ever put the word easy in any feature? Well, if everything was easy, then tech engineers like us might not have jobs. Right. So That is true. So the, dif the, the, the difficult part of Easy Connect is configuring your domain controllers. Mm -hmm. um, so there, there is uh, about a six-step high-level process with multiple steps underneath to go configure your domain controllers for WMI for DCOM, mm -hmm. um, there are some registry settings that, that have to be changed, um, which now, would be quite... Now, the, those registry settings, you mentioned that, and, you know, kind of some historical items in CDA world, when we would get cases on CDA, Context Directory Agent, I think was the name of, or Cisco yes. Directory Agent, whatever it was. Right. Uh, long story short, they always boiled down to six or seven registry changes. You got to change some owners on keys and a bunch of other things. Now, if our customers have already done that, is that taking care of the easy or the hard part of Easy Connect? So if you're already using CDA, Absolutely. your domain controller is ready to go. Yeah. So if you're using CDA today, mm -hmm. uh, then that that part is taken taken care of for you. So you just need to use the uh, same user accounts to to give access to. Uh, to that passive the, connector. To that passive connector. Yes. Very interesting. Very interesting. So um, obviously, there's you know the little bit of the initial setup. You get your domain controllers rip roaring and raring to go. You set up all the permissions. You tell ICE, hey, by the way, passive connector, go talk to WMI, start pulling down this data. And then what? What's the next step that somebody's going to have to do? Uh, so we have two ways to join ICE to Active Directory dom domain controllers. Uh, the, the first is the passive identity connector where you... You have to import all of your domain controllers. So that, well, there's actually two ways to do it. So you can either import all of your domain controllers. We support up to 80 in the passive identity connector, uh, or you can aggregate WMI events on a, onto a couple of domain controllers and then just import those domain controllers. So in a in a smaller environment, uh, you know, go ahead and, and you know import them all. But if you've got a really large environment, you're going to need to aggregate um, those events onto into a more central location. Um, the second piece is using our built-in Active Directory connector so that we can get group information. Ah, okay. Right. So just having our usernames, you know, from the WMI logs, you're not going to know without getting the rest of your hierarchy of users, the groups, the OUs, and everything else, exactly what permissions they should or shouldn't have? Right, exactly. Because ah. then you can go and apply policy based on Active Directory group membership. Uh, you can do things like pass down uh, an, an, an access list hmm. um, or pass down... You know any permission that you want to give to those to those users based on Active Directory membership. Very nice, very nice. So, and you know, it sounds like this is really kind of starting to bridge, you know, identity services engine with the authentication engine that Active Directory has been for many many customers. Um, now, obviously, you mentioned earlier, Easy Connect might not necessarily be easy. What, aside from those registry changes, typically are the gotchas that customers walk into unexpectedly? So one of the gotchas is WMI doesn't provide a reliable way to for log off events. So if a user logs off the network, we have no reliable way to see that log off. So we have to terminate that session on ICE at some point to remove that information. Uh, so we implement a passive identity cache. Um, so that way, users who leave the network um, we'll be able to come back uh, at, some, at some point along, right? So if we've received uh, a radius access reject, normally we would tear that session down. Mm -hmm. um, but with our passive identity cache, uh, by default we'll cache that, that 
uh, mapping for 24 hours. So if a user unplugs, we get a radius access uh, or radius accounting stop packet. Uh, we tear down our session. When that user plugs back in, they're not going to have to re-log into Windows. Mm -hmm. And we'll use that information in the passive entity cache to let them back on the network. Um, also, Easy Connect at the moment is wired only. Only it, for wired, so it, not in the wireless wired, space. And it's, only for, and it's only for Windows. Yeah. Um, so the, what the, the cache also allows you to do is for a user to switch from wired to wireless, authenticate to whatever wireless uh, method is there, move back to wired uh, seamlessly. Oh, well, that's really nice. That's probably one of the even better parts right there. That, you know, easy. I, t I put my laptop in the dock. I'm wired. I pick it up. I go to the conference room. Seamless. Right. Exactly. Very interesting. Um, all right. So uh, another consideration would be what happens in a multi-user environment. So if you have multiple users using the same laptop or, or same desktop. Oh, like if I lock the computer or walk away, maybe Jay wanders over to my cubicle and starts logging in and doing stuff there. Right. So with that, um, we would see a new Active Directory login from the same MAC address as a previous login. Uh, so we would remerge the session and provide, provide permission based on that, that new login. Um, there was a question in my session on Sunday about what happens if you have fast user switching enabled. Mm -hmm. um, we, we, this does not work well with fast user switching. Uh, you would get the permission that the previous user had. Right. That is something that is local to the machine. Right. There's you're not going out to Active Directory to do that second authentication when you switch back over. Right. Exactly. So you're not going to get the event in the WMI logs. Right. And your passive connector, now correct me if I'm wrong, will not know that we've now changed the user who's present there. Exactly. Tricky, tricky. Uh, but, uh, you know, on the other side of it, fast user switching doesn't really work well in an 802.1x environment either. Mm -hmm. Because, again, the credentials really aren't changing on the system. Right. So there's it, there's no difference, so there's really no difference in consideration between 802.1x and Easy Connect um, it, with fast user switching. Now, kind of going back in time a little bit, I remember some specific cases with CDA, okay, back to the, you know, um, prior directory agent that we were talking about that's now merged essentially into ICE as the passive connector. Um, we saw some cases where service accounts or other types of scripts that were set to run on a person's laptop after they were logging in that would maybe run under somebody else's username ended up generating authentication events in WMI and changing the user who's there. So let's say uh, I've got a logon script on your computer that will log in as me to run some specific service. So it has to authenticate to the domain, log in with my credentials, run that service, something like that. So you know, I would say make sure you use service accounts for that, mm -hmm. and we can filter out WMI events. So Interesting. There, there is a there is a filter. You can do it by IP address. You can do it by username. Um, but we can just ignore anything from those specific service accounts. So I think that's actually a really key, important thing to carry forward. You know, uh, as you're listening to this, you think, all right, well, I've probably got a bunch of services out there that I've scripted up some Windows services or Windows events that I want to run. How do you have those set up right now? Think about what you've got in your network. If you've got them logging in as, I don't know, your username. You know, you went out and you provisioned somebody's laptop and you've got your credentials in there. Well, when, when you start going down this path, now the network's going to start thinking that that user's computer is you. So use service accounts wherever you can. I think that's a pretty good takeaway, at least from right there. Use service accounts where appropriate and then filter them out on the WMI filter side of the passive uh, connector. Right. It's important to use... 
the appropriate identity. Right. You, if you're not, if it's a service account, that is not you. So don't, yeah, don't use user accounts for that. Very interesting. Very interesting. Yeah, that's definitely a good takeaway. So, all right. So we've got some, you know, key best practices that we've talked about uh, for setting up Easy, um, Easy Connect. And, you know, I know when I'm configuring things in my home network, you know, I've got to make sure everything's up and running. Otherwise, uh, I can't watch my Netflix or stream my Hulu or whatever. But for our bigger, more important customers than me, they're concerned when they start configuring things about gotchas, about problems that, you know, they might shoot themselves in the foot. They might step on a landmine. I'm sure this is a complicated feature. So from what you've seen customers doing today, what are some key gotchas that you think we can help our listeners avoid when they want to go down this path? So I think, you know, one of the first times I went and set this up in the lab, I went through all of the Active Directory uh, configuration. We have a great uh, walkthrough on how to do this with or how to set up Active Directory to work with passive identity. Uh, but one of the things that was missing there, a lot of the registry keys that have to be modified in Active Directory have the trusted or owned by a trusted installer. Um, now, trusted installer is a user account that is added during installation. Aptly named. Absolutely. The problem is, by default, there is no permission to go change you cannot change that registry key because it is trusted installer. So first, you have to take ownership of that registry key before you can then modify that key. Uh, just so, just be aware. There's an if you right click on the the registry key, go to like properties. Go to properties. There's an advanced tab in there, and that's where you can go in and change the trusted installer permission to either a domain admins group or or some other group based on on your security policy. Uh, the second gotcha would be. In the configuration of Easy Connect, under the initial profile that the the user hits, so that original MAB authentication, mm-hmm. uh, or it could be it could be a .1x authentication, right? We can do .1x followed by passive identity. Um, but under that initial authorization profile, you have to click the passive identity tracking checkbox, or okay. else we will never send change of authorization after the session merge. Um, so we get all the information, we merge the radius session with the passive identity session, then we have to initial uh, um, send a change of authorization to change the, the user's permission based on group. Okay. Um, so if, if you're not getting uh, that change of authorization, go make sure you have the, the passive identity tracking checkbox checked. So it sounds like without that checkbox checked, all the magic happens in the background, but you never get the benefit because the final action of the change of authorization never occurs. Correct. So you'll see all the session merging. Mm-hmm. You'll have all the information in, in the Radius Live Log uh, in, in the session database, but you'll never see that, that last step of the change of authorization. Tricky, tricky. I'm sure that one generates a lot of cases for a tiny little checkbox. Right. Um, also, in that initial profile, make sure you allow access to any domain controller the client could potentially contact. So if you've aggregated your WMI events uh, onto a couple of different domain controllers, you still need to make sure that client can access uh, any domain controller it needs to get to log in. Yeah, so if, essentially, if you have the passive connector watching domain controller A, however, no one is ha- actually logging into domain controller A, well, then you're not going to be looking at anything. All the events, the events essentially show up locally, right? I mean, each domain controller will maintain its own local list of security events, and that's what you're trying to harness and pull down, right? Correct. There you go. Uh, okay. Uh, so, lastly, I want to talk a little bit about uh, visibility. So, we talked uh, about 
the actually doing enforcement with Easy Connect to this point, um, but you don't even need to do enforcement. Uh, ICE has some great integrations with third-party products uh, via PXGrid and, and TCNAC, mm -hmm. um, also via security group tagging for TrustSec. Easy Connect can be leveraged uh, in visibility mode to provide identity to those external providers. Uh, so we get uh, the initial events, and we can send that information out via PXGrid to, say, Lanco where Lancope can now now has an IP to identity mapping, uh, and instead of seeing just IP addresses uh, in Lancope, we would now see the user as well, and maybe location information. Right? Interesting. So we can publish all that information out to PXGrid, right? So we're making uh, the other products better. You're essentially improving the visibility throughout the rest of the network, because now it's no longer an IP, it's a person. Right. Uh, and a new feature added in 2.1 called uh, threat-centric NAC uh, also uh, integrates into this. We could then call, say, Qualys to do a vulnerability scan on the endpoint. Interesting. Uh, and then take action ba based on that, without, again, without impacting the user while this is going on. So there's some great, there's some great integrations here with as well. So somebody plugs into your wired network. We already have the authentication from WMI. We merge the events in the background. We could then scan that box as soon as it hits the network Absolutely. and take action. Really, really interesting. Really, really interesting. So uh, you would say that Easy Connect is definitely something that customers should go ahead and use. And, and what version this, did this come in? This was... So Easy Connect was added in 2.1. 2.1. ICE yep. 2.1. Well, that is really cool. All right. Well, that was a really good, I would say, crash course in Easy Connect on ICE 2.1. But as always, our listeners crave more. They crave knowledge. They want to know in paper format, in document format, in video format, exactly what we're talking about here. So obviously we're going to have some stuff in the show notes about it, but what are we going to give to them? What's out there? So last week we had two outstanding tech engineers named Eugene Kornichuk and Harisha Guna who wrote articles on both configuring Easy Connect uh, and TCNAC. So go check it out. We'll put it in the show notes. Yep, the links will be there. And uh, as always, you can uh, write in, ask us more questions, and uh, we'll definitely get a lot more of these ICE episodes out because it sounds like it's a hot topic. Well, thank you all for listening to uh, this episode of the Tax Security Podcast. We'll see you on the next one. <laughs>